Hey guys, this is another episode of Learnings where I take notes and add my commentary on multiple hours of YouTube videos that I watch just for the sake of self-education. I often cover two or three interviews, seminars, etc. under the ideas of giving, getting, and the future where the two meet one another. I like starting with sort of a weekly review. Uh, this last week I did a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> lately, lately I've, I've been actually spending time with physical, uh, real human beings who are meeting with me and meeting me in general to, you know, pick my brain, you know, learn a little, a little bit. I learn a little from them. It's very out of my comfort zone to do this, but I feel like the whole law of attraction thing might just be working a bit. Or maybe my following is just growing to the point at which locals are impressed with my following in music and content or whatever. And they're like, hey, this guy is pretty like-minded to me. I want to meet him. And I'm super grateful. For, I'm super grateful for that. I'm upping my content game lately, making way more videos. I met with a filmographer a few weeks ago. He said that we can maybe make a two-minute clip of me in front of a in front of you know just just in a, in a natural setting, rapping about like dreams or some shit. And I can promote the hell out of that on Facebook, which I intend to execute. I will be hitting him up in the next just about this week to check if he listened to it. Uh, last night, this wasn't even on my list of things to do for the day, but I started a song for my new EP, the one that follows Samsara. Uh, I was on a podcast for, I think, a guy on Patreon. I, I don't remember if I had convinced him to download Anchor or not, but anyone who I did convince, I appreciate your listening, obviously. I also planned out the month for June. The actual events and prioritizing and, and scheduling part, like, you know, what I'm going to do on the 13th and what I'm going to be on do on the 14th, that part I'm still working on, but the goals are actually there. Hitting up YouTube producers on channels like Trap Nation and Trap City has begun to take too much of my time from networking during lunch during during work days so I'm spending two days a week after work really hammering down on it get a little bit more focus and batching tasks that way so uh, let's get to this episode Video one is The Truth About Love by R.S.D. Tyler. So this video choice is a little bit embarrassing for me, but I'm doing it anyway because fuck it. People are attracted to each other's rough edges. Tyler is one of what I like to call my heroes. He, Kendrick Lamar, and Elon Musk, I'd probably spend my life savings on just to sit down in a room with them for like an hour and go over my life goals and plans and all that because I look up to the, all of them that much. He obviously, he's obviously the one of the three nobody really seems to know about. My music is about self-growth and the future. And the self-growth part, I'm just extremely passionate about. So Tyler's videos actually introduced me to the entire concept, at least in a way that wasn't ridiculously biased from a political standpoint. He's the owner of a company called RSD, which stands for Real Social Dynamics. They teach guys how to meet girls. He's extremely fucking good at it. But they talk so much about behavior and a lot of very, very interesting stuff that surrounds the mentality and lifestyle. That's what kept me interested in them for so long. It was actually that more than the girls and everything. I was going to get into the whole pickup thing, but the more I get into music, the less time I've given myself to even talk to girls. Now, Tyler says recently that he's had three years worth of infield footage, and he wants to spend a long time breaking it all down in these long videos. He's a huge fan of deep work and focus, and, and so much of his and other RSD members' videos are between two, 20 minutes and between 20 minutes and two hours. If you listen to my voice or watch his my videos and the way I explain things, you can watch this guy's videos and almost immediately see the influence that he's had on my energy, articulation, viewpoints, and presentation. When I am famous as fuck or something, maybe one day I'll win a Grammy, I'm gonna thank them and be, I actually have sort of a list in my head of people I'm gonna thank, uh, but I'm gonna thank them and I'll be like, I don't know how I would have made it in music, let alone what I would write my music about, let alone where I would be in life if it weren't for you guys. So 
Wow, this is a long ass intro, but this video is about love and how the mainstream media lies to everybody about it. The mainstream media teaches a sort of dumbed down truth. The pickup community, or maybe just RSD, teaches a more nuanced truth. There's a lot of details in it. You know, the media says, America, number one country in the world. Believe in yourself. Love, believe in the power of love and life. Everything works out perfect. Yay. Like, <laughs> and a lot of people fall into these cracks. And when Tyler and myself and a ton of his other fans, or maybe cult following, <laughs> we feel the same. We all kind of fell through these cracks and believed in them for years. This really fucked us up and kept our visions blurred for such a long time. So RSD says that if you want to find the one special girl you can go the distance with, you need to get good at meeting girls in general. I believe strongly enough in my in music and my mission that this will just kind of happen for me. I don't know, maybe I'm sabotaging myself. The mainstream says to just show a woman you love her more and more if she doesn't show interest. This is almost like the total opposite of, of what actually works, apparently. What's cool about learning a lot of these things for me is that I can apply them a lot more fluently or, uh, you know, I'm likely to... I'm likely to based on doing this with other areas when I'm in a situation that I'm definitely more confident than if I don't know anything at all uh, from people who have tons of like literally almost as much experience at like in years as I've been alive. So this showing girls that you love them more when they don't show interest, this comes across as pathetic, needy, desperate, and girls don't actually like it. And a lot of modern culture, I despise this about modern culture, will say this to guys. They'll say to not improve yourself because love will just kind of find you if you be yourself and do your thing. They'll, they will also say to trust your feelings. Because if you feel needy, well, that's just love and it's natural. And they also say it's healthy, which is bullshit. If you think about it, there are so many natural things that are very, very unhealthy. There are also so many unnatural things that are very healthy. <laughs> When you meet a bunch of girls in general, you begin to you begin to learn your own preferences and you can find similar values you dive deeper into your connection with them and it all happens on its own in a way. This is basically a means of speeding up the process, but it's so much healthier and it requires lots of discipline, but apparently it, it works, I guess. The pickup community advises you know your average Joe that they will still say to be proactive. You can improve, become your best self. Don't just be yourself. Uh, that doesn't really work. When people tell you that, it doesn't really mean anything. Don't wait for fate. That's just an illusion for 99% of people. And they say to get out there and gain social experience. I'm doing all of these except the last one. <laughs> well, at least I have been. It seems like that's very slowly starting to change. A lot of the time in life, there's a sort of overlap where if you improve on one area, another area almost improves on its own. Even small things will add up in a way. That's why I made my bed every day. I mean, and still do. It makes me feel more on top of my shit when I'm working just in my room. I mean, I, I, I work in a one room, like, studio apartment. I literally work in a studio slash apartment. <laughs> Not just a studio apartment. And this environmental change I make every morning, making my bed, uh, uh, actually affects my mindset when I'm in the environment, which in turn ends up in more getting done. The correlation isn't ridiculously strong, but it's more there than it isn't. This works because, dude, Tyler is literally almost like 40. He's a balding ginger he's only
only 5'9", and he constantly meets and dates so many girls who are just like my age. I'm 21. And people see this in their RAS, reticular activation system, which I've actually just learned about in the last like month or so, which as far as I know is the system in your brain that analyzes the way in which results kind of are kind of created, how they happen. Their RAS is so immobile and inflexible that they literally refuse to believe it when they see it happen on footage. They actually say, oh, this fake. That's the main reason he actually started filming it. It's probably extremely unethical to some people, but again, with all this success bullshit, dude, like with like filming yourself picking up girls, dude, don't just do what you love. Do whatever it takes. And a lot of this pickup artist shit, as I've heard, is much deeper than meet the girl, fuck the pussy, fuck the whores, yeah! It's it's almost spiritually deeper. It's about coming from a space of abundance where a man realizes he has options. And the amount of men who don't do this nowadays is, oh my gosh, it's scary. They'll find a girl they've never met and they make up all these stories in their head of, oh, we're gonna get married holding hands with them on the beach, fucking at sunset, etc. You, apparently, if you choose a partner out of lack of options, you, like, out of, out of lack of options regard like results in neediness in neediness neediness and not just the person and just not the person you're expecting like tim grover says no man ever got a girl's number by only looking at her as she walks by and a lot of girls probably hear about this shit and they're like oh my god this is such a lie but time and time again rsd has proved that it's um not they've proved with their following that if a girl knows you chose her out of many options she's actually flattered flattered validated and turned on actually i feel weird explaining a lot of this because i don't approach girls myself for a long time i considered this to be self-sabotage uh you know for fear of rejection uh which i still sort i definitely still have uh but i actually don't really have time to do that shit at all. Uh, I actually barely have time to even learn about it, to be honest. I have time to write out and record these podcast episodes, but believe me, if I weren't doing all this music shit, I'd be putting all my money and time into my current job and this. Uh, investing in tools, definitely a better work truck, I'd take way better care of my health. <laughs> I'd spend way more time with friends and family. I wouldn't be building this social media following. I'd be spending so much time, like, learning, like, like just, like, approaching girls on the street and just, like, learning what I like in a girl in general uh, but, but uh, I wouldn't yeah the, the dancers are considered crazy though by those who don't hear the music what so many people don't seem to realize is my music is only getting louder and louder and it's not gonna fucking stop my choice of this video for learnings is kind of it kind of exposes me as someone who learns things and doesn't apply them I understand that I don't really learn this stuff anymore uh, a lot of the pickup community will say to learn what what from what everyone calls players guys who just fuck girls left and right just effortlessly and many people outside the community look at this in such disdain but in reality learning from anyone doesn't mean you have to adopt their entire lifestyle and mindset especially in the pickup community you know maybe i'm not in this community actively but i support what they're doing especially the ones who are doing it in a way that's acceptable i think this is what most of us guys need but it's your life you do what you want and that's why you don't need to copy all this shit from them they live unhealthy lifestyles typically especially after they hit they get to around the age of 50. A lot of players mix their styles with alcohol, they're narcissistic, they're actually kind of deranged. They're almost mentally ill in a way, and a lot of social conditioning like radio, Disney movies, TV shows, etc. is so incredibly pervasive that anyone who's a good man has pretty much been neutered by social conditioning. A lot of guys my age are so affected by this unconscious social conditioning that we literally have to poison ourselves in order to shut down the part of our brain that governs it. The only people who are, are immune to this are typically 
basically insane narcissists. And you may as well just learn from them and apply whatever principles and ideas you choose in whatever way you see fit. Glorifying a guy who fucks girls everywhere is not what they're trying to do. Love is about giving love to yourself and a lot of the positivity will spread. Falling in love with a girl on the spot puts her on some sort of a pedestal that you aren't on already. So you have to be on that pedestal and you have to, you know, be like, hey, here's my fucking hand. If you want it, that's awesome. If you don't, I'm totally fine without it. It's whatever. But, uh, you know, if 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 so, that'd be cool. Um, there's something Tyler explains here that fucked me up a little called the perversion of ideology. This says that you are rationalizing essentially by just lifting weights or something to think that girls are going to come to you as a result. Or starting as a business and making tons of money to think that girls are going to come to you as a result. These things result in social proof, um, <laughs> theoretically. But what's ridiculous is how a lot of male pop artists and shit will write or have a other people write or maybe write with other people their own songs about girls and when they blow up get signed they get the right promotion or whatever on whatever songs and they go from there all of a sudden (laughs) they're worth millions of dollars and have millions of followers on Instagram and other platforms and their music puts guys in this more low zone while the pop artist or rapper gets tons of social proof tons of girls all over them I think I may be rationalizing by going into every area of self-development but this one and maybe spirituality I could definitely do it and maybe Maybe family and maybe social skills and communication, but I don't, I just, I don't like doing something if I don't go all the way into it. But in reality, I have to admit to myself that I'm just scared of rejection. My theory is that I could work through all of this via social proof, like the male pop or rap artist does. However, I don't want to let this put other guys who listen to my music in a low frequency, unconscious state. In fact, I wanted to do the opposite, if anything, but I don't want to be inauthentic about it. And I don't want people to think like, nah, he never actually learned how to meet girls. He just became famous. And then they rationalized, (laughs) despite my music and what I say in it, which by the way, isn't ever about any of this shit at all, aside from abundance, which I made before I got serious about music and I didn't have any fucking time for it. They'll rationalize that it's wrong and there's no reason for them to try learning it. So there's a dilemma here that I'm working on. I suppose I'm just scared, but I've noticed that lots of things I'm scared of end up happening anyway. Uh, not just for me, but by me, as long as I push myself into them. And many of these things happen one by one. Like I said in the beginning of the analysis for this video, I actually become more likely to just have these things overlap into other areas of my life. So time will tell, if not my immediate actions. Video two is a J. Cole and Lil Pump interview but by J. Cole. These guys are both rappers, if you can't tell from their names. To put it simply, despite how much hate both of them get for whatever reasons, I think they're all kind of ridiculous, but hopefully that's not just me. Success will leave clues. If someone is more successful than you are, you can always learn something from them. And I feel like most people who hate on artists like J. Cole and Lil Pump need a lot of courage for themselves to put the person aside from the lessons that they can be, that they can teach those people. Like, they're both newer artists. Uh, I and a lot of others would argue that J., J. Cole, Kendrick, and Drake, not in that order, are like the three closest things to modern greats around the ages of 30 to 33 years old. We have guys like maybe Kanye or Lil Wayne, but they're in their own lanes and age groups especially hip-hop is still very young speaking of which Lil Pump is maybe 17 Uh, these guys write about very very different things Lil Pump is more classified and lumped into the stereotype of mumble rappers or whatever because of his style both musical and fashion sense (laughs) lyrics and beat choices this dude's only like 17 18 and any rapper like him you know there is more like than meets the eye I don't think it takes a smart person to realize that but I think myself and J Cole do realize it so Cole wanted to open his mind and get to know and get to know 
little pump or some shit. They scheduled a time to meet and sort of talk. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool that Cole and Kanye West are kind of just putting these giant unexpected interviews on their YouTube channels, by the way. It's a dope, unique way of connecting with their fans. And one like this is obviously polarizing when these guys are such drastically different artists and people. It has 7 million views already. I mean, I know it's just a J. Cole video, so it's probably going to get a lot of views regardless. But dude, it's with a fucking completely different artist. So they spoke on the phone, and Cole could tell that Pump is a little bit smarter than people are giving him credit for. The conversation was very natural. He was like, he was like, what do you want to talk about? Just in case shit gets weird, I got a list of things I wrote. This is like the interview with Jeff Bezos from a few episodes ago where, where Jeff was like, uh, before we get into this, I want to really acknowledge this beautiful production that you guys put up. This just screams conscientiousness of Cole and preparation. Maybe that's just a snap judgment. Maybe it could be wrong. I don't like his music as much as Kendrick's or Drake's or Pusha T's or Future's, but any guy in his position is pretty fucking smart anyway and definitely self-aware. Uh, Pac was killed in 96 and Cole heard Pac's first album, Tupac, for those who don't hear, hear the name Pac, and they're like, what's Pac? <laughs> his, his first album, when he was like, I think six, it was in like 92 or some shit. And it was the first thing that Cole heard that he really fucking felt what he was hearing. His cousin was really good at freestyling, and he just wondered, like, shit, bro, how do you do that? And his cousin was like, well, you just kind of do it. Uh, I, I started rapping by freestyling, actually. I still, I still fucking suck at freestyling, but I've been rapping for maybe two to three years now and people hear that and they're completely like surprised uh smoke perp is the name of the guy who introduced Lil pump to the whole concept the whole market or whatever he kind of went from there and in less than two years he blew the fuck up Lil pump was kicked out of all of his schools that he went to for fights and drugs his mom and dad loved him but couldn't stand how he was behaving in school his mom apparently is with him during tours and stuff like she's actually that supportive my mom tells me that she's my biggest fan i never really believe people when they say that i just try to appreciate their support as long as it's there uh, and Cole told, Cole told his story about his stepfather and explained that if you get with a girl and she has a kid it is your responsibility to not project negative beliefs onto that kid it can really seriously fuck up their development in a way and it sucks because it's not easy but like dude these kids are vulnerable and so is the girl uh, if, if Cole's household he, he theorizes was more stable he says he would have been less susceptible to smoking weed at an age like 12 you know he said if his son were in the sixth grade and he got a call saying your son's smoking weed in the bathroom he would be like yo what the fuck is wrong here uh we gotta talk something's kind of messed up pump was really into chief keef before he got into rapping and 50 cent before that most of the th most of the things pump talks about he's actually done before in his songs cole is trying to push it's an agenda to pump now it's it's not dickish the intentions are actually as pure as possible but it's like Look, maybe half these kids look up to you and they grew up in maybe even worse households and not just stable places, but they need some sort of a guidance in a sense and promoting the side of Pump that's smart, calculated, and maybe conscientious. Uh, Cole says Pump strikes him as someone who's too smart to do too much. Like, he knows his limits, but people don't see that side of him. They just see the tattoos, the Gucci, the lean, etc. Pump's like, nah, I don't really think about that shit. I think it just wouldn't make sense to sort of switch up from a market 
marketing standpoint, uh, as, as awesome as that would be, uh, marketing is such a big reason Pump is where he is, in my opinion. He has the shock effect, he has the mainstream appeal, and all of that. But he's if he's in a lane that's really there, the amount of people who follow him now might just totally forget about him, and he'll lose a ton of clout. I think he values the clout more than maybe promoting a smarter, more calculated side of himself that can influence so many kids who are younger than he is, but he's, dude, he's a fucking kid. That's the reason why. And it's not like he was raised in some household where his parents taught him everything he needed to know about being an effective person, caring for others, etc. Because even if they did, there's still the shit with schools and behaviors and, and whatnot. Like, maybe Pump's gonna be a, bigger than Cole and smarter by the time he's Cole's age. We never really know. Maybe he'll fall off. I think he'll fall off. I think most artists will fall off in his position and age after 6 to 18 months. But you never know. I think that's why kids need more guidance from musicians who are actually kind of like like they're actually like pushing the right type of like ideas because that's where they look for it when they're in their feelings which is pretty common nowadays that's why i write music about the shit i do in the way i do here Cole asked him about his work ethic, like if he's doing something every day or he writes something and then sets a, a time to go to the studio. A lot of Pump fans hate Cole's music saying, fuck Jake Cole, <laughs> but now people are saying, fuck Russ. And it's just another thing, it's like, fuck this person, fuck that person. Pump said he's like, he likes Cole's music, he said it goes hard. Cole said in the, the interview should have happened and it was the best way to do something since there's a huge sort of divide. He said he watched a recent freshman freestyle and he was like, damn this shit is over this rap show it's it's all done but then he realized it's just another movement and not one that's going to go by like the snap of a finger but another but rather another branch in the tree of hip-hop he he checked out pump's music and said that you know there were a bunch of funny lines it slapped he had really short songs it's nothing like what he grew up on or prefers but like what he what's he gonna do be scared of it or accept it and respect it appreciate that like that something new is happening that's what kendrick and drake are doing shit i think they're almost embracing it in a way. Cole is, he, he, he's a little bit more conventional than, than they are, I think. <laughs> that's why, like, that's, that's a little bit why, you know, Kendrick has a very modern, a very modern style compared to Cole. Not very modern, but, um, Cole has a very new school meets old school type sound, and I think he's very known for that, like, more so than almost any other rapper right now. Cole heard about Pump through the music video of his song called Elementary. Cole disconnected from social media for a while. I definitely noticed this. I don't know why. Uh, he's not like my favorite artist ever. I, and I think that's pretty well established what the benefits are of doing this, you know, disconnecting from social media, especially for a long time. But he said it's a bad thing because, as a musician because connecting to your fans and inspiring them constantly is everything. Shit, bro, the EDM community is like the total opposite of rap with how quickly everything moves. I mean, maybe it's starting to bridge, maybe rap has started to bridge that gap. EDM for a while has been about one song blowing up for two weeks and then another one does and pushes that one off the charts because of DJs and how quickly the market almost saturates itself with every little wave of different shit. Uh, Cole said that it took two years to get signed after graduation. It was like 2009 in June. When he finished college, he thought it, it you know, he was going to be signed by, by then, like on the fly. But it occurred to him that he really didn't know much about the music industry. That's why I moved out to Westchester. I mean, one of many, many reasons. It's near Philly. I'm working here. I need some 
more fucking alone time to work on me. I need to educate myself on the business side of things because music I spent years and years getting good at. I was always good with the music and I was not always good with the business. I didn't really know that much about it. Cole also said nobody taught him how to be good with his money. That's actually why I've done a bunch of research on personal finance. I just don't want to fuck myself and get finessed by everyone every time I get a new check. Pump says that he has people take care of his taxes, but he, you know, actually saves much more than he spends. The third video is Richard Branson Lessons in Life and Business by Chase Jarvis. I never really watched Chase's videos. I know he interviews fucking huge people like Richard Branson, obviously, but Richard Branson is the owner of, uh, I don't even know how many companies. He has a net worth of, I think, like six or seven billion dollars. Richard Branson's book called Finding My Virginity had just come out with this interview. Richard Bran I think I got, I think I got that book, I don't know. Richard Branson is ex inexplicably outgoing and expansive. He does crazy shit all the time. Lots of publicity stunts, not for the sake of shock effect, so I guess not exactly publicity stunts, but they come across as it, supposedly. Uh, but more for the sake of inspiring people to just do things that are out of their comfort zone. He's all over the place. I have a friend, he's also a rapper. I tell people I want to be the Elon Musk of rap. Uh, he told me that he wants to be the Britcher, the Br Richard Branson, the Richard Branson, the Richard Branson of, of rap. And I can see that happening because with his style, brand, personality, and all that, I think it makes sense. Chase surveys people in his fan base and stuff, asking what they would ask, you know, whatever person he's interviewing, like, so in this case, Richard Branson, and anyone else, he, like, if they were in his position. They said for Branson to ask about his dyslexia. And Chase asked for just a little bit of context on it, how it was for him in school, how he dealt with it, etc. Uh, Branson said that it, what's dumb about dyslexia is literally the the name. He said it's difficult to pronounce and spell. <laughs> he was hopeless in school. Uh, a conventional education passed by, passed him by. He dropped out of it at like 15. Uh, his dyslexia, dyslexia made him a great dedicator though. And he, I don't know what that exactly means, uh, but probably that you're very dedicated to a lot of things. And he surrounded himself with great people. He said the best advice for any entrepreneur is to find someone ahead of yourself and learn from them. Learn, you know, like learnings. That's why I made the podcast. I want people to know what's going on and what I'm learning aside from my audiobooks, which you'll subtly find out through my uh, find out about through my lyrics and videos, which by the way are on YouTube.com/SamuelEarth. It kind of drives me crazy that Chase's interviews are on all black and white. Like, bro, can you add some color? I don't know. I guess that's his style. It's his brand. It's polarizing. He started this magazine because he hated the way the school system worked where he grew up. It was kind of like a campaign against them, and apparently, it did a fucking awesome job doing that. I'm convinced that our smartphones and speakers will be our teachers and doctors starting about 10 years from now. So I'm not really concerned about like how people are going to, you know, they're going to finish school and they're going to get graduate and blah, blah, blah. They're paying the passion is teaching and they can just do it on fucking YouTube and get paid for it through that. Um, but anyway, he said that doing a business is just filling a gap in the market. Maybe a hundred people did the same shit you want to do, but they either never got anywhere with it or they didn't do it the same way. That's why Coke and Pepsi are, you know, you either prefer one or the other but in reality they both taste different and whichever qualities of whichever one you prefer those are the ones you value more that's why you pick coke that's why you pick coke aside from maybe its brand or you associated with it and that doesn't involve its taste same thing with apple and microsoft he said that it's more fun to have competition than to just be a giant monopoly all the time. He also said he believes everyone should write a book because everyone has great stories to tell he said you should never 
exactly fire someone or even ask them to leave the company, you should either just you should just find another area of the company for them to work in. He's another one of the billionaires who uh, wants to go in, into uh, space. He doesn't seem as dedicated as Bezos or Elon Musk. Jeff Bezos has like six times the net worth of Elon Musk, but Elon Musk just seems way more passionate about it. However, I think, in my opinion, Jeff Bezos has the best reason for it. Branson's like, he's just like, why not space? <laughs> he said that 80% of the people that he meets want to go, they want to go into space. And also that rockets are kind of expensive. And let's face it, if people like Richard Branson say that rockets are expensive, then rockets are fucking, ex fucking, ex fucking fucking expensive. And if you can't look after your health, you can't look after anything else. This reminds me of something Usher said in his masterclass on the art of performance. If you take care of your voice, your voice will take care of you. It's like, if you take care of your health, your health will take care of you in turn. The most important thing to him is family and friends. To me, it's kind of just growth. A mixture of depth and expansion within yourself. It's self everything. Self-love, self-empowerment, self-development. The most important thing to me is me. And if you're not me, I think that the most important thing to you should be you. Because it's, a, again, it's the whole thing with the overlap. And, you know, if you improve one area of your life, everything else just kind of does its own thing and it works out.